Hello and welcome to a show of their own sports and life with Morgan and Laura. I'm Morgan and I'm Laura and we took a couple weeks off but we're back and uh, I'm really excited about this one. It was suggested to us on Instagram um, and I thought it was a really great idea uh, kind of in-depth of the NWHL or the National Women's Hockey League. So I did a lot of research and I actually knew some stuff beforehand. So it kind of helped. I supplemented with like my anecdotes with some of uh, more like factual information. So I'm just gonna go through and I'll kind of cut to Maureen a few times just to get her, her thoughts. So it's a really new league. It was founded in 2015. So it's had five seasons, but four complete seasons, because last season they didn't actually uh, have the championship because of COVID. Um, Their trophy is called the Isabel Cup, and I think it's a really interesting connection to the Stanley Cup, because it's named after Lady uh, Isabel Gawthorn Hardy, who is one of the first known female hockey players ever, but she also happens to be the daughter of Lord Stanley the Stanley Cup is named for. So the cup, the trophies kind of have a little bit of relation there. I thought that was cool. Yeah, that's Um, really cool. And then an interesting little note, obviously we've only had four Isabel Cups awarded and no team so far has won it twice. So the winners are the Boston Pride, the Buffalo Buttes, the Metropolitan Riveters, and the Minnesota Whitecaps. So we'll see if this year How many teams do they have total? I believe six. Okay. I have I have the list of teams down below, but I would have to count them. And <laughs> um, so the commissioner for the longest time until just a couple months ago was Danny Ryland, and she was the founder of the NWHL, and she was a hockey player herself. She obviously never played in the league, but she was a female hockey player. Um, but she stepped down in October, and his name is Tyler Tumania. Um, he's the interim commissioner the interesting thing I think is he doesn't necessarily have quite the hockey connection he's more of like a sports executive so I thought that was an interesting little difference to bring in Um, this is the one I'm really excited I I found this little factoid and I'm like I need to hear Morgan's reaction to this so in the 2018-19 season there was a call for some more transparency because obviously in order to get the league started, there needed to be some investors and there's a lot of like business deals and they wanted more transparency around that. And so the very first investor ever publicly revealed is Neil Liebman, who is co-owner of the Texas Rangers. What? (laughs) That's what I was waiting for. (laughs) So he was... (laughs) I, I read this so he was the I don't know if he was the very first investor but he was the first right. investor to be publicly revealed what so, I've never heard this so if if you I, I guess if you it probably makes you like the Texas Rangers even that much more <laughs> cool and so it's not like necessarily a team wow. it's more he he invested in the league yeah so, that's cool I thought it was really cool too. And as soon as I saw co-owner of the Texas Ranger, I'm like, that's going in the show. (laughs) Um, So uh, an interesting thing I think to explain and where I think some of the complication and confusion comes in is with the union. So in the NHL, there's just the NHL Players Association. Really straightforward, easy to understand. In the NWHL, there is the NWHLPA. 
And that is their players association. That's their union. However, people often get it confused because after the collapse of the Canadian Women's Hockey League, um, it was kind of assumed, the first thought was, oh, well, then we just have like the NWHL, we can kind of basically merge and form one big league. But then a lot of players didn't like that because they didn't like the model of the NWHL currently, and they didn't really think it was sustainable. So instead of joining the NWHL, they formed the PWHPA, which is the Professional Women's Hockey Players Association. Um, and a lot of people talk about that when they talk about the union. That is not mm-hmm. affiliated with the NWHL, and actually no one in that union plays for the NWHL. They are looking for a different league, and they are trying to get the NHL involved. Now, an interesting thing, the NHL invested $150,000 in the NWHL per season and $150,000 in the Canadian Hockey League. What they ended up doing when the Canadian Hockey League folded is they just gave that 150 grand to the NWHL. So now they just invest $300,000 in the NWHL. But obviously, like, it sounds like a lot of money when you consider that, like, the minimum in the pay in the NHL is like $675,000 for one player. And those are like your terrible replacement level players. It's really not that much money and it doesn't get you very far. Um, Another interesting thing about the union, I was super stoked. I saw it a little while ago. So Forbes recently came out with their 30 under 30 for 2021. They have a lot of different categories where they spotlight young people doing big things in different industries and one of the ones for sports was uh, Anya Packer who is the um, union director for the NWHL and it's she's really interesting she's been on the Steve Dangle podcast a few times definitely a really good listen follow stuff like that she's she's really interesting and a good hockey player in her own right Um, she recently retired and just had a baby boy I believe um, the currently kind of similar to the NHL, there's the 50, 50 revenue split, but mm. obviously because of the lower revenues, it creates some problems. Um, so, and I want to go, I'm going to cu- kind of save that for the end because I want to talk about like where they're at and what they have, but the current teams are the Boston Pride, the Buffalo Buttes, the Connecticut Whale, the Metropolitan Riveters, the Minnesota Whitecaps, and they have a new Canadian team. But I just want to point out the Connecticut Whale is the only of the like current teams, not new team, that hasn't won the Isabel Cup. So I just thought that was a little interesting. Um, but they added their first Canadian team this year, and it's the Toronto Six. And I think the really good thing about that, obviously, with the collapse of the Canadian Hockey League, is they're now expanding into Canada. And Toronto, obviously, was the first choice because um, so many people in Canada, I think that's a really great way, obviously, kind of stinks that the first season is post is COVID. But if uh, when they are allowed to have fans, I think that Toronto is a great place to get fans. One quick question about the Connecticut team. Yeah. Are they just like whale singular? Yes, I had to look that up. They are the Connecticut whale. Interesting. 
I, I, I was, I didn't want to get that wrong. That I is think correct. I have an issue with that, but whatever. I'll let them have it. <laughs> um, so the thing I also, and I've, I've been really interested in this for a while. So I think it was two seasons ago, um, Danny Ryland, commissioner, then commissioner of the NWHL, uh, came up with this and, and negotiated this rights deal that I thought was really kind of interesting and pretty bleeding edge for sports leagues. And uh, they signed an exclusive deal with Twitch to stream oh. their game. And I thought it was really interesting. And uh, I don't really know Twitch that well, to be honest, but there's some like uh, Twitch currency that's basically money converted to whatever they call it yeah and like so people could donate while watching the game obviously twitch paid them so there was a lot of really interesting uh thing i know that they had to work a little bit to get the streams good but they are good now and and they got better being on twitch because they had access to better equipment um and then the interesting thing too um it's because all of their revenue deals before this were like a few games and stuff mm -hmm. and so that's not a rights deal this is the first rights deal the nwhl has signed and it also means that there's been a like full revenue share with the players so it's good for really everyone um i know there was a little bit of mixed reaction from the players just in the sense of like I mean, if they're like me, they've never been on Twitch. And I think when people think of rights deals, they think of TV. But yeah. it could be really powerful. And especially when you think of now how many major sports are on like platforms like YouTube and Amazon Prime and stuff like that, that because so many people are shying away from cable, that that's kind of yeah. the rights of the future. So I thought that was interesting. Um, but then I also wanted to focus a little bit on the issues going forward. And I think the single biggest, like first, second, and third issue is player pay. They do not make enough any, like in any of their markets to have uh, like be a full-time hockey player. I believe it's 25 grand is like the max. And that's like your wow. best players. So everyone has to have either endorsements if they're the really amazing players or like other, most players have other jobs and other, like they have to supplement their income. And so what that means is that caps the level of hockey that you can get because you can't practice like you're, you're not all practicing all the time and it also really really limits how a season can go so yeah. a lot of times it's like tournaments where they take them all and like go like a weekend tournament or something like that and so it does just make it really difficult to have a healthy league because the number one asset of any league is the end product the, the games and that's all dependent on the players and so if your players don't have that opportunity to be the best that they can be then your product suffers and so it's just but obviously then from the league perspective it's like the chicken egg thing of yeah well okay but in order to get the the good players and stuff we need money and how do we need how do we get money by having a good product 
And so it's like this whole thing of trying to figure out how to do that. And I know a lot of people are really hoping that the NHL steps up and takes a more active role. Um, I think a lot of people think that it could be, and so, some people might even think it currently, it just based on its name, NWHL, a lot of my, people might think it's like the WNBA, where yeah. the NBA owns and runs the WNBA. That is not the case. A lot of people want that to be the case, but currently there's really no appetite or any inclination from the NHL that that would be the case. And I would think it's even less likely with COVID now because revenues are way down for that NHL. So, yeah, which kind of sucks, but I mean, and that's the thing, like NHL fans, we all boo Gary Bettman. We all have our issues with him. But the thing is, the guy is like savvy and knows how to make some money. And so I think if he was really determined he could really make this something interesting. Yeah. But I think that's not where he's at right now, which I'm hoping we'll get there soon. Um, the other issue is obviously the union that I mentioned, the PWHPA. I know there's a lot of conversations about it. I think in the short term, the PWHPA definitely had the upper hand over the NH- NWHL. But the longer that the NWHL stays solvent and running, it's better for them and worse for the PWHPA because the PWHPA did some like showcases and stuff where they would have like their Canadian members play their U.S. members and stuff in like a tour kind of thing. But that's way different than like an actual league. And so if the NW, the longer the NWHL has a league and has games and the PWHL or PWHPA isn't playing, that's better for the NWHL. And I think it it would possibly lead to some defections from the PWHPA. Now, that's just my guess. If anyone, this has been such a fluid situation from the beginning that I think it's kind of going to be interesting to see a lot of your names that you really know are affiliated with the PWHPA. So like Amanda Kessel, Phil Kessel's sister, she's affiliated. Um, Kendall Coyne Schofield, uh, who was the one who did the uh, race in the all-star game. Mm -hmm. Uh, She's affiliated. Uh, Marie-Philippe Poulin, who's one of, like, the best players ever currently, and and she's Canadian, obviously. (laughs) Um, She's affiliated. So a lot of your, like, big names are affiliated with PWHPA. So it's kind of interesting to see if that changes, where this is all going. I know the PWHPA is basically, like, NHL or bust, but because they, they want like basically the PWHPA is like we want a healthy league that can last and that works for the long run. And the um, they think that's through the NHL and they think the NWHL just isn't a sustainable model. So those are kind of the arguments on both sides. I will say because there's a lot it's it's just so new and not established none of both sides aren't there's a lot of behind the scenes a lot of stuff going on and there's some really great writers at the athletic I mean that just play that on repeat on this show yeah. <laughs> about this about this particular topic um 
Katie Strang, who uh, also covered the um, Larry Nassar case. Mm-hmm. She, uh, she is doing great work with that. And then also Haley Salvian, who also covers the Ottawa Senators, is doing really great stuff with that. So definitely recommend that. Also, always plug Steve Dangle on his podcast has had several different people. He's had people from the PWHPA. He's had Anya Packer. He's had Haley Salvian on. So there's a lot of really great information on there. That's where some of my anecdotes came from. And some of where like some a lot of this was facts, but some of it where it's like my own stories and stuff that came from Steve Dangle. So it's, it's really great. There's a lot of great information out there to keep informed and then obviously if you have twitch you can watch the games when they have them so i didn't know that the league was that new right it's interesting i thought maybe like it started early 2000s i didn't know it's like five years but you think about it it's a really interesting time frame because it started in 2015 which is fresh off the 2014 olympics yeah which that's when women's hockey is always the most popular at the yeah, Olympics. Yeah, that makes sense. Because you get your Canada, U.S., and it's always yeah. close. If that's an interesting thing to me as an American. Canada, U.S., and men's hockey has not been particularly close since 2010. No. It really just hasn't. And U.S. hasn't even been on, like, Russia or Sweden level. So, yeah. but in the women's hockey all of the leading up to the final is a little because eh, there's like <laughs> Finland has an okay team and then that's about it. But uh, when, when you get to the final Canada, us is always really good and really close. So definitely if, for nothing else, when the next winter Olympics come, you like, ha- I, I think the women's hockey final is like must see TV. So. I'm gonna watch it for sure. It's last well, last one the U.S. won in the shootout, and it was oh. so, so nerve wracking. I stayed up late at night. I was freaking out, <laughs> and then when we won, I was freaking out even more. And so, and you have to watch it. There's this move. I forget what it's called. So there's twins on the U.S. team, and it was Jocelyn Lamoureux, I believe, is the one who who got the game, like the winning shootout. Uh-huh. And it was such an amazing deke. And (laughs) so a shootout though. That's okay. The the Olympics need to work on that (laughs) because the amount of the, and that's uh, not the Olympics. It's the International Ice Hockey Federation and all of their events. They have shootouts. So like the world juniors has been decided on a shootout. Uh, Like TJ Sochi. Why do we know TJ Oshi from the Sochi Olympics? Because he made like eight shootout goals in a row. So I hope that that (laughs) changes eventually. Olympic hockey is very different. Um, There's no trapezoid where the goalie can't play the puck. Mm -hmm. Like there's an NHL. So that's different. You get more puck handling from the goalies and the rink is actually larger. So it's a little more spread out. Interesting. Some interesting things. So with that, because of when we're recording this and just also what we wanted to do, we're not quite going to do rant and rave. We're going to do more festive stuff. So this is the week of Christmas. And I thought it would be fun to say like something on your Christmas list. It can be funny. It can be 
whatever you want it to be. I, mine's a little more serious, but I really wanted it and I'm pretty sure I'm getting it. Um, I asked my parents for a weighted blanket because yes. I've heard so many good things about them. I have one. Is it good? Yes. So, it takes like, it takes a couple nights to like really get used to it, mm-hmm. but it's very, especially in the winter, very comfortable. I've been focusing on sleep and stuff because I talked about the podcast yeah. I listened to and stuff. And so I'm like, I think that would help even more. And just reading about the science behind it. It's, yeah. So I'm excited about that. So Morgan, what's yours? Um, the first thing I thought of, and I think it's because we're both interested in royals, is there's a new book called, I think it's just called HRH. Um, I just blanked on the author's first name, but her last name is Holmes. And it's all about like, I think she included the queen, Megan, Kate, and Diana's fashion. Is it Elizabeth Holmes? Yes. Is it Elizabeth Holmes? Might be. Um, I can look it up while you're I think it is. about it. It's something with an E. I think that's right. Elizabeth Holmes also sounds like it's a famous person's name. It is Elizabeth Holmes. Oh, it is? Okay. Um, and I think that was like the first thing I put on my Christmas list because I'm notoriously bad at trying to decide what to put on my Christmas list, but it was Royals related. And there's not, like there's not very many uh, Royal related books that are like interesting. I, especially about their fashion. It's kind of, uh, that's what I was going to say. Most of them focus kind of more on the like gossip behind the scenes. Kind yeah. Of stuff. And I really like the fashion. So that made it on my list because first of all, it, it like caught my eye because on the front of the book, it's all of them basically wearing the same color blue, I think. If I yes, it is. And so I don't know why that caught my eye, but I just kind of liked that it was all like very uh, like sleek. And then I'm pretty sure it's just full of pictures of all their outfits, which I could stare at all the time. That's exciting. So yeah, and it was a great little shout out to our mutual and how we became really good friends with <laughs> yeah. Royals. So um, with that, we will um, sign off for the week and obviously wish you all uh, Merry Christmas or if we're getting Royal, Happy Christmas. <laughs> if you celebrate and just happy holidays and happy festive season for everyone. <laughs> we'll see you guys later.